You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. I bring you greetings from Malaysia, and only yesterday our country finished the uh, 15th election, and uh, we've been praying, you know, as Christians always, we're always in prayer praying for the, for the country. Uh, just some background, Stella and I have been married. Next week, it'll be 44 years. And uh, God is good. God is faithful. It's the grace of God, we are still together. As you can see how different we are. Uh, I got saved like late. She got saved since she was Sunday school. And uh, we met at Bible College and uh, uh, I, I, I'm still rough around the edges, you know. We have three gorgeous daughters, all married and uh, love the Lord and are serving God. Uh, two of them are pastors, one in Australia, one in Malaysia. Yes, that's the grace of God, I tell you. It's so funny, you know, because I come from a Hindu background. Uh, Stella comes from a Buddhist background, and we pastor in a Muslim country. How funny is that? It's God has got a sense of humor. And so our, our second daughter is uh, in the Gold Coast in Australia. Third daughter is in Newcastle, near uh, Sydney, and our first daughter, uh, Debbie, she and her pastor, uh, her husband, pastors a very, very large and beautiful church. And so we are humbled by that. And so we have got seven grandchildren. Yeah. And we are in, so in love with our family. It is the grace of God. And I always remind my children, you know, what we are today and where we are today and where we are going. You know, we, we, we feel that we have just started. We are young. And we've got so much to offer still. Uh, well, I'm 66 years old. I know I don't look it, but it's the truth. And, uh, you know, I, I feel energized when I get with people like Pastor Martin. And uh, he is he and your church leaders. I, I thank you so much for, for having us here. How many of you have a loved one or a colleague? You're working with some good friends. I hope you are. And you're born again. You're a Christian and you're on fire for God. And you want to see some of them saved. Can I see your hands? Well, great, which is great, which is a great uh, attitude to have. I always have a passion, not because I'm an evangelist, but if, if you're in love with Jesus and if the fire of the Holy Spirit is burning in your soul, you will want to see people get saved. You don't have to have a special ministry. You just have to be a nice, decent person. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, this work of salvation is predominantly the work of the Holy Spirit. And so we so welcome Him in our presence every day. It's not easy, but thank God that the Holy Spirit never leaves us and He will never forsake us. In our weakest hour, He'll be standing there and He will say to you with His love and power, get up, it's time for you to rise up again. We all trip and fall, but we, because we, we are in love with this Jesus, and our passion for Jesus is birthed out of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, just to remind us that salvation is totally the work of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we need to remind ourselves that you are not the fourth person in the Trinity, that God is in control, that you and your family shall be saved. And that's how we led our dad, my dad, 
who was a staunch Hindu, an officer and a gentleman in the army in Malaysia who worked alongside the British during the Second World War. We led Papa to the Lord, and, uh, you know, there came a day where uh, he said, you know, son, and he had all these gods. Yeah, I won't mention them, but he had all these gods in his room, and a very religious man, but he was uh, austere. He was very proud of who he was and the work he did. And I know that he loved me. I loved my dad. Eleven children. I'm number 11, you know. Uh, and my father married twice. His first wife was from India, and the second wife was my mommy. And he must have loved her a lot because we had 11 children. Uh, and Stella came from a Buddhist background. Her parents were divorced. But both of us led our parents to the Lord. We also had the, op uh, the honor to baptize my father uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm telling you that short story because there is no one too hard for God to reach. You are not the Holy Spirit. Trust that the Holy Spirit will do the work through you. Every one of us have an opportunity to do the practical, but God will do the supernatural. All we have to do is make ourselves available. We do the difficult, but God can do the impossible. Always, always the same. People have a right and the freedom to choose salvation or reject salvation. It's not your fault. It's not the power of your persuasion, but it's a power on, of conviction of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 7 to 11 says, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go away... I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Because of sin, and because of righteousness, concerning righteousness, because I go to be with my Father, and I no longer will be with you, of judgment, because the ruler of the world is judged. I want you to know, God has not changed his plan for winning the world to Jesus. As you know, we come from a country... Uh, of Malaysia. It's a Muslim country. I love my country. I just adore and love my country. There have been many times Stella and I were invited to go to other countries and pastor there, but we loved our people, um, and we always had a passion for our country. And so, therefore, uh, preaching the gospel is prescriptive, although we still have freedom, thank God, and uh, we're seeing the Buddhists and the Hindus and people getting saved and come to the Lord. I love the baptism. That's what it's all about. When people believe in Jesus Christ and become disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit to ordinary people like you and I. If we will just become real and just get beside people, not condemn them, and just allow the Holy Spirit to convict them. And He does that so convincingly. By His power and by His power alone. Now, I'm never, I'm never saying that uh, you don't have to speak up, you know, to people. It's very important that you need, you and I need to be instruments. We need to speak up. I'm not saying that we will nag people to Christ. And sometimes we feel we have to do that, especially if we have an unsaved son or a daughter or a wayward child. Nagging will not bring them to Christ. You know, it is... Speaking the words of love. But at the same time, in my country, uh, I will not shy away from speaking the truth. We call sin, sin. Uh, we don't have to sugarcoat it. But that's what the Bible says. 
but at the same time, we love people, and people know that. Christmas is around the corner. It's a great opportunity. I use it every time in the area that I live, in our housing area, to throw parties. You know, we, we as Christians, we cannot afford to be stingy. We need to be big-minded, big-hearted, invite people, even just for a cup of coffee or even just biscuits, but we can just invite them. And we don't have to preach to them, but there will come a time when we can share the love of Jesus and tell them what it is, the truth of the Word of God. God is not willing for your family or anyone to perish. Did you know that God loves your family more than you love your family? And there are there are members in your family who might be very unlovable, but God is said in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord isn't really being slow concerning His promise, as some people think. No, He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, and He wants everyone to repent. Repentance is a good word. Repentance... It's, it's not like what you would think, oh, well, the preacher is pounding the pulpit and saying, repent or you're going to hell. No, Jesus said it, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, it opens a door and for the kingdom of heaven and you to collide. Repentance is simply turning away from where you were going. You were going that way, you're going to hell, you, you're in trouble. So repentance is, look, wise up. There's a better way for you to go. And so, when we call people to Christ, and when we call them to receive Jesus Christ, fear not that word repentance. It's a good word. It opens the door for relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, there will be people who will not repent. That's okay. I've got loads of friends who are non-Christians still. I love them. I'm, I'm the golfing buddy. I go out and have golf with them. I party with them. Uh, every religious festival in my country, I go to their homes. Many times they would say to me, Joe, would you pray before we start uh, our dinner or whatever? And they're non-Christian. I think we just got to be nice people because sometimes, many times, Christians are very unfriendly and uh, very, you know, condescending. And I believe it is... If the Holy Spirit is working in us, we don't have to be like that. We can be friends with a lot of people. Remember, God cannot handle the situation if we are in the way. So sometimes, yes, you have to be there. You have to reach out to them, but just chill. Let God handle your unsaved loved ones. I believe for many of you, if you believe in this message today, I'm not saying... Well, what a great success I am. Oh, there's much work that I need to do. There are much people that we need to reach. Our church is constantly reaching out and looking for ways. And despite our restrictions, we encourage everyone. If you can win one soul to the Lord in a year, and if you can invite them to your connect group, I hope your, what do you call them, connect group, your life group? I, I hope they're all nice people, you know, and just... Invite your friends to come along. You're not doing it alone. You're doing it with a team. And if you can win one person, if all of us will seriously, this Christmas, believe God that you will invite someone to one of your parties or to the parties that you're having in church, who knows what the Holy Spirit will do in their lives. 
And that's what we would like to do at just shortly towards the end of the service to pray for different people. Remember, God loves them. Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 35 and 36 and 37, Peter's words pierced the hearts of the people. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each one of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized and receive the forgiveness of your sin and you shall receive. So when we speak the word of God directed by the Holy Spirit, then it's the Holy Spirit's job to pierce their hearts. I've seen people who are hard-hearted, divorced, broken marriages and hardened people in life, just hated life itself and leave alone Christianity. They think we are preaching down on them or we are condemning them. But I've seen the Holy Spirit melt their hearts. Just be cool. Just trust the Holy Spirit. But you have to speak. So there are a couple of things I want to mention and then we'll close and pray for you. Remember, we speak, He convicts. That's His job. Our job, remember, is just to speak. So the gospel is not just a product, and you are not a salesman. You are a witness of the goodness of our Jesus. So let's, be, let's take an honest assessment of ourselves. So as a follower of Jesus, the beautiful thing about Jesus is that sinners and publicans were drawn to him. And I would often challenge myself and our church and the Christianity in Malaysia. Why are sinners and publicans not drawn to our church if we are preaching the Jesus of the Bible? That's not to condemn ourselves. But the Jesus of the Bible, he talked about sin, but they loved him. Sinners love to hang with Jesus. Why is that? Because he embodied love but he never compromised. So here are a few things that you, I would like to share with you about two or three things. Ultimately, remember, it's them and God, all right? So be calm. I believe that by the end of this year, you will have a testimony. I saw my loved one come to Christ. I, I saw my relative who lives in another country respond and change by the power of God's love. I met someone just now who is from Malaysia as well. And, yeah, and she's also from Penang, which is my island. I always say I'm my island because that's where I was born. It's paradise. It's a beautiful island. And uh, so I came from that background in Penang. Uh, I, again, I wasn't born a Christian, into a Christian family, and we got saved by the grace of God. And I've learned these three things. If you want to reach your loved ones and your family, if you're serious about it, I want to leave you these three things. Number one, you have to preach. You have to speak the word. Because God only confirms His word, not my philosophy, not my emotion, not my thinking. God always confirms His word with signs and wonders following. The Bible says, how shall they believe unless someone tells them? I know some people say, we all need to preach and sometimes use words. Mm. If they look at our lives, they will be drawn to Christ. Our lives are not that good. No matter how good you think you are. 
Jesus was the perfect son of God and they nailed him. So, yes, it is important how we live. But the way that people get saved is that we have to speak the word. We have to share the word. Then it's God's honor to confirm that word and save them. When we plant the seed in your parties, by your texts in Malaysia, social media is, is huge. In fact, the whole elections of our country is not the newspapers, it's social media, people posting and posting and posting. And many times it's fake news, but people keep posting. And so if they are doing that in the world, why can't we share? The greatest announcement, especially, is Christmas. Christmas has such a longevity. It has got such a history. If you read the book of Matthew chapter 1, it says, and so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat. And we think, oh, well, so boring. But it has a history. If you look at Luke, oh, well, Matthew, you started with Abraham. Luke said, let's go further back. Let's go to Adam and Eve. It's got a history. And if John comes along and says, now, boys, let's go further. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. There's a history before this miracle that Jesus came into our world. So preach the Word. Be prepared. If you're shy, you say, you know, I don't know how to share. Of course you can. The Holy Spirit will give you the right words. It'll be the right word. First uh, Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. Yet the preaching of the gospel is not something I can boast about, but I'm compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I did not preach the gospel. Ezekiel says it very strongly in Ezekiel chapter 3. If I warn the wicked saying that you are under the penalty of death, but you fail to deliver the warning, they will die, but I will hold you responsible for the death. So as a young pastor in Bible college, this word stuck in me. So I would go from town to town. I went from hospital to hospital. I went from prison to prison. I didn't start my church yet, but that's all I could do. I ran a family business, which was very successful, and I gave it up. And I'm not saying you have to do that, but that was me uh, 46 years ago. That was me. The young person got saved, went to Bible college, gave up the family business. All I wanted to do was tell people about Jesus. And I still have that compassion. I weep when I, when, when I hear songs of worship about Jesus because I'm in love with Him. I, I, I appreciate how, what He has done in my life. I appreciate when I go into the Bible, I just appreciate, my God, man, you're awesome. Because there's that many isms in my country. Do you understand? That many isms, and they're all crying out for your attention, but Jesus got our hearts. And he's worthy of all our work and our effort. I know we live in a culture that could cancel you if you talk about Jesus. Uh, but when I think about it, hmm, you're going to cancel me? That's fine. Not a problem. Because they killed early Christians. They didn't just cancel them. So if, you, if, you, you, if you're going to be uh, canceling me because what I say offends you, I'm sorry I offended you. But you have to take it up to God. It's, it's not about me. I like to be your friend. I like to be liked. So, for you and I, we have to be able to open our mouth and speak the truth in love. Number two. Number one, preach. Number two, pray. 
It's the most powerful thing you can do. I was told that scientists are sent, you know, billionaires are sending and asking scientists to what they call terraform. It's called terraforming the atmosphere, right? So they want to go and live in Mars. But so they sent these brilliant people to kind of terraform the atmosphere. Have you heard about that? So they try to go into the atmosphere to change the atmosphere so that humans can live there. It's called terraforming. It's a hypothetical process of deliberately modifying the temperature and the atmosphere, the ecology, so that things can live there. And billions and billions of dollars, they are terraforming other planets so that they could go live there. <laughs> I want to tell you that you and I can terraform our homes, the places that you work. That's how we got our parents safe. I would walk into my dad's room, and remember, it's all these idols in this room. I love Dad. Dad, how are you? Oh, oh son, I love you. When he goes out of the room, I terraform that room. <laughs> I build another atmosphere there. So I stand before all these things, all these pictures, and I come against you in the name of Jesus. You will not have my mother and my father. I would say to God, God, many times I feel like a hypocrite preaching all over Malaysia and my own parents aren't saved. So I come against that. I will not be brought under condemnation by the devil. Me and my household shall be saved. So you demons, I said, I give you notice, leave my parents alone. I didn't do that one year. I did that about 12 years, 12 years. I held my dad's pillow whenever he wasn't looking. I prayed, Lord, don't let him have any peace or sleep in his let it trouble him, Lord. Trouble the man. Let dad come to repentance. I pray over his coffee cup when he wasn't looking. I said, Lord, when he has his favorite cup and he, uh, you know, drinks his cup of uh, coffee every morning, I pray that you will speak to him through that cup. <laughs> so I, I started terraforming my whole family. And by the grace of God, all my brothers and sisters and our in-laws are saved. Uh, yes, praise God. And Stella was the same, Stella was the same. So I tell our congregation, don't stand back and repeat what the devil is doing. You're, you're, you're mouthing what, how bad the world is and how cruel and how powerful the demons are and the witches are. Have a proper perspective. You're a child of God. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. The kingdom of God is for you, not against you. You can stand in a Muslim country like Malaysia. I've been warned many times when I go to Thailand and Vietnam, and they say, be careful, people are against you. They're against your preaching. I mean, when, when I was pioneering churches, people, the, the witches, you know, the, they call them the mediums. They, they are the mediums that uh, get into a trance and all of that. And they would burn my pictures, my photos of me. They would get it and they, because their children were getting saved. And when the children get saved, they can't get into a trance. You know what a trance is? They, they get into this demon thing blah, 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 when they ring the bell and, and burn the incense and all of that. Uh, they can't do it. doesn't work. What's happening? And so they, they see their young daughter and son sitting there worshipping Jesus on their guitar. <laughs> and they stop it. We can't take it. So persecution happened to many of our congregations. Uh, but uh, we terraform. We go into a territory. We are not the victims here. We will take territory for the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Give the Lord a big clap. He is worthy. So, amen. So, I want you to put this into practice. Preach, pray, 
And number three, practice what you preach. Practice. Practice it, yeah. You can't talk about, yes, I'm a Christian, and then behave opposite. Uh, you know, our lifestyle, of course, we are not perfect, but our lifestyle needs to correspond with what we say. If we are people of faith, that's why people say, if you don't believe, even if you don't believe, you're asking me to believe, how can I believe? So if you say that your church is the most powerful, the most powerful organization in the world, behave like it. So when church doors are open, I'm going to be there. When we, when we have prayer meetings, I'm going to be there. So they, they, they watch us. They watch what we write on our Facebooks. They read those things. If you're cursing and swearing and, you know, posting what other people are saying, they say, well, if you don't believe it, if you're not practicing, I mean, I'm being watched all the time. So I'm very careful on what I post on Instagram and, and Facebook and all of that. And I tell our church people, if you're in leadership in the church, guys, listen, people watch you. You can't be a leadership in church and behave like the rest of the world out there. I'm not being legalistic. Have fun. Go out and have fun. But that's the standard that the church of God ought to, be, ought to hold on to. It's called the Bible. And the Bible cannot be compromised for any culture and for anything. You need to have a standard. Come on. And so if you're in leadership in this church, I, I encourage you, get alongside your leadership and declare, this is what we are. We are part of CLM, and it's a great church. And so the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. The message of the cross. Don't. Don't be offended when people say, ah, well, you Christians are hypocrites, you Christians are hateful, you Christians are unforgiving. No, no. Listen, guys, they are offended with the message. All right? So don't take it personally and hide and shirk from it and, you know, apologize to your colleagues. They are annoyed by the message, not you. You're just a postman. All right? So don't think that it's about you. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know that it is the power of God. It is the power of God. So, I ask you just now that some of you really desire, you really desire your loved ones to be saved. I want you to stand up once again. I know you put your hand up. I want you to stand up once again and allow us to just agree with you in prayer. Now, really mean it with your heart and say, God, I'm serious about this business. I want my wayward son or daughter or husband or wife who's gone away from God. We want them to be saved. For, the, for, for, for at least for a moment or two, I want you to lift your voice if, and if you can spray in tongues, would you do that? Would you just right now at the count of three, you know, I want you to everybody be praising God and saying, God, God, we are crying. for. Blessed are those, listen, Bible says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so right now, at the count of three, I want us to just pray right now out loud all together. One. Two, three. Let's do it right now. Hallelujah. Mention your loved ones by name. 
Hallelujah, God reigns. Oh, yes. Hallelujah, our God reigns. Scream it, everybody. Hallelujah, our God reigns forever. Lift your hand. Hallelujah. God. Bring back greatness to God. Hallelujah. How God reigns. Oh, hallelujah. How God reigns. Forever. Hallelujah. Can I be honest with you? We are not in a playground, we are in a battleground. Let's face it. All right. Even Great Britain, God doing something wonderful in your country. Churches like your church right now, all over this country, are coming alive and saying, Oh God, we need you. We need a revival. Everywhere around the world, God is doing these wonderful things. So, Lord, we believe you that by this Christmas, in the name of Jesus, over CLM, that loved ones, friends, colleagues will be brought into the kingdom of God. And they will know what it is to be born again. And they will want to be followers of Jesus. I break every spiritual power of the enemy that has blinded those people. We know that there's spirituality at work. There's the spiritual realm out there. Not, not everything is demon. Hey. But if there are demonic forces that are holding families back, we break it in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we plead the blood upon every marriage, upon every family, upon individuals that are being prayed for right now, the blood of Jesus to be upon them. Jesus, you came to set people free and not to put them into bondage. We give praise and we give thanks that you're a prayer-answering God. You're a prayer-answering God. In Jesus' name, we pray and let's praise the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.